And this is gonna be a weird one because god damn it, it did it again. You just I need clip to it. keep it. Oh, fuck. I keep forgetting that. I've got to figure this out. I keep forgetting like I do it every fucking time. And I said it on two broke geeks the last time we recorded too. God damn it. You said it <laughs> you said it on the last the last two broke. I said geeks. it on the last one of yes. this too. <laughs> it happens every fucking time. I've gotta Okay. Calm down, me. I was going to say this one's going to be a weird one because I actually stopped watching this episode with 15 minutes left in the episode. Like, I know how it ends, but I ran out of time to finish watching it, and I never went back to it. So, like, I know how it ends, but I don't have any notes for the ending. So, <laughs> whew. I think in general, I think this might be a weird one. <laughs> yeah, this is a weird episode, and it probably will be a weird one wait hold on let me introduce let me start the show officially first welcome to the fbi's most unwanted i'm matt i'm justin and i was gonna say i think this one is probably gonna be a weird one anyway considering we were just talking about how you were really drunk last night and we were talking about strippers and a whole bunch of other weird stuff that's <laughs> strippers strippers <laughs> strippers all right, everybody. There was this place called Hollywood Hard Bodies, and Justin taught one of the strippers how to tap dance. Yeah, we were there. I was I was with my our friends Jenny and Patrick, and that was the conversation we talked about. I was like, I was like, how often do you go to strip? Or like, we go to strip club, and Matt Matt's standing there. Like, how is it we go to a strip club and Justin's teaching one the tap dance? <laughs> That still was one of the funniest things that's ever happened. Funniest and weirdest things that's ever happened in my life. I'll always remember that story nope. until I have Alzheimer's and then I'll forget. If, if I die before you, I want you to tell the weird stories at my funeral of just the weird okay. shit we've yep. done. And just see the look on people's faces like, what? <laughs> yep, I know. Yeah. If the coronavirus Anywho. takes me. Yep, the corona. <laughs> Excuse me, everybody. Coronavirus. <laughs> You just caught it digitally in your ears. Yeah, so go just, wash your ears. Go wash your ears. Wash them real good. Stick things way deep inside them. Compact your earwax. Yep. Uh, this episode is Season 1, Episode 15, Lazarus. It was written by Alex Gansa and Howard Gordon, who... At this point, our X Files veterans, even in episode one, season fifteen, or season <laughs> season one, episode fifteen, I have dyslexia of the mouth. Apparently, uh, this is directed by David Nutter, also an X Files veteran <laughs> already. <laughs> uh, and the original air date was February fourth, nineteen ninety four. And actually, until I started this episode, and even partway into the episode. I was like, boy, I don't remember this episode at all. In fact, I said it the last time we recorded. I'm like, this is going to be like watching it for the first time all over again. Uh, 
Uh, and it did mostly come back to me as I was watching it, but I think it says something to, well, I'll get to it later, but I, it's an early indicator of what I think of this episode that I had trouble remembering it. <laughs> okay. So anyway, this episode starts uh, in the cold open with Scully and another agent. They're hanging out in a bank and via their discussion, we realize they're waiting on a tip they got that some bank robbers are going to show up. Not just via discussion, but so obviously planted there. Uh, oh, and that's the other thing. The guy, his name is Jack Willis. We don't learn that right away, but I'll call him Jack Willis because that's the character's name. He's got one of those old-fashioned, because now they don't have those anymore, but the one where the thing obviously wraps around his ear. Yeah, just so obviously, got. yeah, he's there for, he's there to stop something from happening. I know, he's, because anyone who's ever seen any movies pre, um, I don't even know what year we finally started noticing that uh, people would wear the, wireless in-ear because like i think government agents had wireless earbuds before the general public but i mean he very obviously has a thing in his ear it's crazy <laughs> excuse me had to belch um anyway so outside there's a man and a woman in the car and they are the bank robbers the man is loading the gun and everything and they focus right in on his arm tattoo and play dramatic, creepy music that is like, this uh, tattoo is going to be important. Which, we'll get into it later, <laughs> but it was not. <laughs> Mm-mm. Only slightly was it. And even barely then, and in a way I don't quite understand. I'm very we'll confused get to that. about it. So he runs into the bank to rob it, and... You know, everybody gets on the floor. He points the shotgun right in Scully's face, and she just kind of like does like deadpans him and like slowly gets on the floor while everybody else is like screaming and falling over. Um, What's even better about this whole thing was one, normally when bank robbers go in with a mask or something, it's something mm -hmm. that I, I don't, there's something about him wearing a giant hockey mask. With like, sure. <laughs> I don't even remember what the fuck was on it. I was just. It like, was a skull like, on it. It was a skull on it. Yeah, and then mm -hmm. he just sucked in general. Like, I'm surprised no one bum rushed him from behind. Like, he like walks in. Like, there's well, that guy who's walking out as he's walking in. Yeah, it's at least. Um... At least, like, in the dark night when, at the beginning, the Joker's men are all taking the bank, there's, like, a team of them. And I don't know. I can't say for sure. I've never been in a situation where I've had a gun pointed at me in that kind of situation. I Yes, somebody could have bum-rushed him, but at the same time, I imagine a guy holding a gun is very scary. Well, I would assume that, too. Like, I'm not... Actually, I... You know what? I know a guy that has been part of an active robbery, and that's basically what uh, a guy I know. Uh, some people listening probably know who I'm talking about. His name's Paul, and um, Paul was in a GameStop that got robbed, and a guy came in with a gun and just was like, everybody just stand up against that wall with your backs to me. 
while I take this cash register. And that's what everybody did. And that apparently was just one dude with a gun. Well, so uh, I, I think it also depends on like the size of the place. Because GameStops sure. are very small in general. Uh, mm-hmm. More confined. Uh, there's only really one exit or en- like one entry point. Sure. Uh, I could understand that. But this place was yeah. massive. Oh, sure. A lot of people probably could have made it out the door while his back was turned. Yeah, like, was, like he's like pointing the gun at the woman to like, give him the money. And you, like surprisingly, <clears throat> no one is like way in the back. Like it took him at least like 20 steps, like a good 15, 20 steps to get from the door to the regi- sure. to one of the <laughs> registers. Like I said, it's more believable like in the Dark Knight when they go into that big bank and there's like two or three of them right. going in at once. Um, so anyway, uh, Scully and uh, Jack Willis, they jump to their feet with their guns and they're like, you know, freeze right there, hold it, we're with the FBI. And the, oh, excuse me, belch again. The robber freaks out and shoots Willis and then Scully shoots the robber. And then we're in the hospital, and they do the thing that lets you know that the robber is dead. They pull the sheet up over his face while he's laying on the gurney. And I don't know if they do that in real life, but whatever. We'll get to something. I mean, it's the X-Files. It's all really unrealistic. But sometimes I've established before in the past, it's the little unrealistic things that bother me the most. Like how they're trying to bring Scully's partner back to life with a defibrillator. <laughs> which is not what a defibrillator... And I know they do it in every show where some dude's heart is stopped. But literally the point of a defibrillator is not to restart the heart. It's to make the heart beat normally. Yeah. <laughs> and they don't thrash around when you shock them. <laughs> even, even to this day... They still do it in films and stuff. I know. I think the most real. Like, I think the most realistic usage of a defibrillator in a movie I've ever seen was Jason Statham in Crank, because he had to keep his heart rate up to a certain point. Yes, it's for when your heart is in afibrillation, which means it's beating irregularly, like when you're having a heart attack, <laughs> and it's to try and get it to beat normally again. But whatever. The point of the de- all of this is to say they start defibrillating Scully's partner and they're like, no, no, he's been gone for six minutes. Like, he's way past dead now. And Scully's like, no, no, I'm a doctor. Turn up the juice and course, keep shocking him. Of course, I'm a him. doctor. Because <laughs> none so of them are doctors. Up- I, know, I was going to say, they're all doctors too, Scully. Like, they're not like just people hanging out with their thumbs up their ass. It's... <laughs> It's <laughs> so weird. She's like, I'm a doctor. It's like, yeah, no, there's shit. also 10 other ones in the room. <laughs> um, And so they start shocking Willis, his dead body, and the corpse of the robber starts doing that clear where his whole chest goes up what's, thing. What's even funnier about this whole thing, where there's clearly one shot of them mm-hmm. doing it and someone looking over at the bottom. <laughs> I didn't and, even catch that. And clearly... Because they're all not supposed yeah. to notice. Yeah, no one's supposed <laughs> to notice. And there's clearly one shot where one of the nurses is looking right at it while it's in mid-thing and no one does anything. I didn't even notice. I mean, 
the if you didn't notice that and you ignore the fact that that's not what a defibrillator does and everything like that it's actually sort of a fucked up thing where you uh, where it's like in terms of like creepiness where you're like oh yeah that's weird <laughs> it's like but anyway we know that now we can figure out what's going on these two dead bodies there's some sort of connection between them and so they get uh willis's heartbeat back and then again, they focus back in on that tattoo on the robber guy, which dun, 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 like it's going to be important. <sighs> and then the in the next scene after the opening credits, they're in Bethesda Naval Hospital, which is actually where John F. Kennedy was autopsied. Um, conspiracy? I think so. Conspiracy? I think not. Oh. Coincidence? Probably. Also, it's the, like, biggest um, government hospital in the Maryland area. Coincidence? I think so. Conspiracy. Let me get my tinfoil hat. I want to believe. I, yeah. And this is two days later, and Willis is on a vent, but he opens his eye, you know, ventilation, but he opens his eyes and walks out the room. (laughs) And get some clothes from another patient's room. Kind of probably some poor old man who, cause based on the nice looking sweater he grabs. Um, and then he looks like he's probably going to choke out the nurse who comes in. But he she leaves and doesn't notice he's there. And then he notices his face in the mirror. And he looks really shocked to see himself. And because... Apparently now we are going to start putting some pieces together because down in the morgue, he pulls out the body of the robber and he looks at it all intensely and then cuts the wedding ring off the uh, cuts the finger off uh, with the wedding ring and actually three fingers. But we don't know that until uh, Mulder and Scully are there and Scully's like, "Uh, yeah, this guy had his fingers cut off and the prints on the body are jack willis's prints like he cut the fingers off this guy for some reason maybe he's got some sort of post-trauma psychosis going on and um then we get some background information we find out the woman's name that is the guy's partner slash wife is named lula phillips and yada 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 and Mulder is like oh wait well, yeah, it's just a lot of background stuff. Like, they're describing their robbery history together and stuff like that. It doesn't really have anything to do with the plot until well, Mulder yeah. is and like, then, oh, wait. And then, like, their whole they part were... of the plot where they're, like, talk. I don't know if this was later, but they're also talking about, like, the relationship between uh, Scully. That's also later, and it has only a little teeny bit, but we will get there yeah. because uh, this is where Mulder is like, oh, shit. Uh, these this Lula and this uh, Dupree guy they were they were married. That means he cut those fingers off to take the wedding ring. And I'm thinking to myself, how did nobody else realize that these fingers were cut off to take the wedding ring? It's pretty obvious. Like Scully's like, oh yeah, they've been married for a while. It's like okay, nobody else noticed but Mulder. Yeah. Good job, guys. <laughs> My favorite part of that too was uh, because we're starting like it is starting to put the pieces together. And Mulder's like, it's like, wait, like, which, like, uh, like her, whatever. I can't even fucking remember. Uh, oh, there's a little bit later about, uh, handedness, right hand yeah. versus left hand. 
Um, that happens after, uh, cause the next scene is Willis breaking into like this house and he's, uh, like Lula, are you here? Hello, Lula. And so now we're like, oh, he either thinks he's the robber or he is the robber in this guy's body. And we obviously it's the X-Files. We know he is the robber in the other guy's body. And for whatever reason, like his arm gets irritated by something and he lifts up his sleeve and he sees some weird red patch that's the shape of the tattoo. And here's what I mentioned earlier where I don't understand the point of the. I get that maybe the robber's. Uh, Dupree, I, I get like his consciousness going into the body, but now his tattoo just appears on Willis's arm. This, it's like, why this did bugged the crap out of me? Because <laughs> I'm like, because I, obviously I'm like, okay, it's a changeling situation or something along those lines. So like someone gets mm-hmm. like, like, but it makes no sense. Like if it's just the soul switched, there's no, yes. there's no reason for the tattoo unless. The tattoo is the reason for the switch, but that's never brought up. Like, they don't look up the tattoo at all, like what it means. It's just there as symbolism, but it's just thrown in for no real reason. Exactly. It's this weird thing to let you know that, yeah, they've really switched bodies, but for some reason the tattoo switched bodies too. Makes no sense. Nope. But so this is where uh, Mulder and Scully, they're looking at some fingerprints and Mulder's like, oh yeah, look at this because of the the way the ridges lie or some shit. I don't quite understand all the forensic stuff, um, but basically because of the way the print is, he can tell that uh, Willis cut the fingers off using his left hand, even though Willis is right handed and Scully's like, so what's your point? And Mulder's like, oh, Dupree is left-handed. <laughs> and, oh! And then he, she's like, eh, I still don't get, what are you talking about? And Mulder's like, well, they were dead at the same time, right? Like, they went into cardiac arrest at exactly the same time. And, oh, by the way, here's this uh, EKG strip right as you revived Willis. <laughs> what, do you, what does this look like to you? And she's like... She's like, oh, it looks like two heartbeats. And he's like, yeah, exactly. Two men went into that room and one of them lived. But the question is, which one? This makes no sense. (laughs) No, he really did some, uh, to use office space. You remember in office space, he makes the jump to conclusions, Matt. It's like Mulder just got out his jump to conclusions, Matt. (sighs) Oh. But because it's the X-Files, Mulder is right. Because they don't make Scully right anywhere nearly often enough. Yeah. Um, And actually, uh, one little quick bit of trivia. Uh, In the original draft of this script, Mulder was supposed to be the one that got possessed by the spirit of the, the dead guy. But at the time, Fox executives said no no we can't have either Mulder or Scully directly experiencing the supernatural phenomenon so they changed it to Scully's ex-boyfriend Willis spoiler alert for a little bit later uh but they did eventually come back to the idea of Mulder switching bodies with somebody else later on after Fox loosened up a little bit. Well, it kind of makes sense, if, for at least for the first season. 
Like, mm-hmm. you want to keep it as vague as possible so you can kind of keep working with stuff with, like, small little bits and pieces that maybe there's something. But if you immediately go into... Sure. In, into, like, like 15 episodes in, it's like, okay, now one of them needs to experience something. I mean, if not for the twitching dead corpse at the beginning and the tattoo... You could potentially say that this uh, Willis guy, what happened to him is exactly how Scully tries to explain it as he's been chasing these people and after these people for so long that he got to know so much about them and then the trauma of being shot made him have a break and he thought he actually was this guy. Like... So there could be he was possessed or not, but because it's a supernatural show about spooky things, they had to make it more clear by the tattoo and the twitching corpse that he definitely was possessed. Such bullshit. (laughs) Yeah, it's... So anyway, they go to the University of Maryland, Department of Biology, and they talk to this scientist who apparently knows all about near-death experiences and... He's like, did you know that half of all adults who have near-death experiences can't wear a watch because of increased electrical activity in their bodies? It renders their watches inoperable. And that comes back later, very important later on in the episode. Um, And he says some stuff about like, you know, cells die when people die and that lets off a tremendous amount of electrical energy. And uh, basically, I think this energy changes people. And Mulder's like, well, what about some negative consequences? And then this doctor tells this story. He's like, well, negative consequences of near-death experiences are rare. Uh, But I knew this pilot who had a near-death experience. His plane crashed and he was the only survivor. And after he survived and came back and had his near-death experience, he started um, having visions of having sex with his wife in ways he had never had sex with his wife, which I just assume means butt sex. I assume his wife just wouldn't give him the ass. And he goes, and they were having, you know, sex in places that he'd never had sex with her, which I, again, I imagine means like public or something. But and anyway, the point of the whole thing is like, oh, it turns out one of the guys on the plane was having an affair with the pilot's wife and it drove the pilot crazy and he killed his wife. Because of his near-death experience. Yeah. Um, sorry, I got distracted. Hang on. Um, oh, here we are. This is Oh, and so then Mulder and Scully, they're leaving and we get the classic Mulder and Scully leaving somewhere and having a talk in the hallway, arguing about whether or not... Um, This is a natural thing or a supernatural thing. And this is where we find out that Scully dated this Jack Willis guy while he was her instructor at the academy. (gasps) Scandalous. (laughs) So scandalous. Um, And so then they have this back and forth. And Mulder's like, do you believe he's, you know, predisposed to having a... Oh, and this is also, by the way, where Scully points out that they have the same birthday, she and Willis, which also becomes important later. Um, 
and so Willis is, uh, oh, boy, I got distracted. Um, she, he's like, do you think Willis, uh, would have this kind of break? And she says, well, it's, uh, Long way from believing his body is inhabited by Warren Dupree. So basically that's her way of saying it's more believable. I don't know what that was all about. Yeah. But <sighs> So they go back to Willis slash Dupree breaking in on some dude sleeping. And he points a gun at him and he's like, so Tommy, where is your sister? And apparently Tommy's sister here is Lula. And this whole scene is a little weird. And it all basically just comes down to the fact that uh, we're learning more and more that Willis really is Dupree. And he is like, it's all your fault, Tommy. You turned us in. You sold us out to the FBI. And shoots him. Uh. So, yeah. And then the next day, uh, Mulder and Scully are there, and it's a crime scene, and yada, yada, yada. More of, like, just kind of the filler stuff. And the real point of the scene is that Mulder finds a... He's like, was this TV set on or off when you got here? And they're like, it was off. And Mulder's like, well, the way the blood is, it looks like he was watching TV, so I better fingerprint the TV. God damn it, Mulder! (laughs) I know he comes up with some of this stuff that sometimes that I'm just like, man, they kind of Mary Sue this guy it's sometimes. Very Mary Sue it. Um, and so it, another point of the scene is Willis Dupree. I'm just gonna start calling him Willis Dupree by both last names. That's the character's name from here on out. <laughs> um, Willis Dupree shows up, and Scully's all like, "Oh my God, holy shit, where have you been? Everybody's been looking for you. What happened?" And he's like, blah, 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 "Stuff, not myself. Let me go in there. Look, I, I, this is Lula's brother. He was shot with a forty-five, right? That's that's Lula's weapon of choice. I know them. I've been after him for a long time. They, we're gonna get him this time." And Scully's like, fine, but you need to get a physical and a psychological exam. Like, you can't just come back to work. And this is when Mulder finds a print on the TV, and it turns out it's not the dead guys, so they're pulling it off the TV, and Willis is like, oh, you found a print that's not the dead guys, huh? And he realizes there's a problem there because it's his fingerprint. Dun, dun, dun! And then there's a little scene at the gun range. And this is where it becomes important that uh, Scully and Willis have the same birthday. Because Mulder's like, hey, Jack, good to see you back. Like, um, oh, hey, it's Scully's birthday. Do you want to sign this card? And Willis is like, yeah, totally. Love celebrating the good times. So Mulder gives him the card. And that's the first sign that something is wrong. We know Mulder's being sneaky because Willis should have been like, it's not Scully's birthday because it's not my birthday. But then he takes the pen with his left hand and signs his name, even though Willis is supposed to be right-handed, but Dupree is left-handed. So now we really know Mulder has been testing him. And so he brings the card back to Scully and he's like, happy birthday, Scully. And she's like, you're two months early. He's like, yeah, I know that card's from Willis. I had him sign it. And Scully's like, so you, like, tested him? You tricked him? And he's like, yeah, because I found out that the fingerprint I took is missing. (laughs) And so they argue for a little bit. 
And Scully's like, look, he passed all his tests. Like, he's fine. Like, he passed his mental exam and his physical exam. He's fine. He's he, There's nothing wrong with him. And Mulder's like, oh, yeah? Well, does being stressed out make you forget how to sign your name? And he puts, like, a copy of Jack's signature before the shooting compared to the signature on the card. And Scully's basically just like, Psh, whatever. That doesn't prove anything and walks away. <laughs> Which is basically it. That's not her exact words, but that's the point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then let's... <clears throat> I know, it is pretty ridiculous. And then Jack gets a um, phone call at his desk. Uh, and it's a tip. And basically some landlord guy is like, oh, that, that person you're looking for that I saw in the news, she has an apartment in my building. And he grabs Scully and on their way out, Scully's like, hey, by the way, Mulder said that this fingerprint was missing and uh, you were the last person that had it. Where'd it go? <laughs> and Jack's like, what are you saying? And leaves and they go to the landlord and they knock on his door. And all I wrote here was what a hairdo. <laughs> oh my God. It's ridiculous. He's <laughs> this big dude who opens the door and he's completely, he's, ah, uh, there's a term for skullet. Yeah, he's he got a skullet. <laughs> he's a big dude with a skullet. He's bald on top and his hair's way long. <laughs> And so, uh, anywho, they go towards Lula's apartment and she's going down to do her laundry and sees them and runs away and they go down to the basement and I wrote here one of my random observations. Awful lot of steam in that basement. Seems like there's something wrong with that boiler and maybe the building's not safe. Because <laughs> Scully just walks by that boiler that's just billowing steam i'm like that seems like that thing's gonna explode it's, for and take the it's always <laughs> i know but it's so stupid oh god and i wrote here in my notes tension 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 scully walking around by herself music and then lula attacks her and then there's scully gets the better of her and handcuffs her and jack comes in he's like oh yeah <laughs> And he takes Scully's gun away and he throws some cuffs next to her. And Scully's like, I, I cuffed her already. She's all cuffed. And Willis Dupree is like, no, they're for you, which is kind of sexy. <laughs> he's like, put them on. And Scully's like, wait, why? What's happening? And he's like, just put them on. And he like puts the gun in her face. And then he gets down and... um in this moment, for this woman, Lula, I kind of feel kind of bad for her because there's this creepy dude that she doesn't know touching her face, being like, oh, you're all dirty, like my poor baby. <laughs> what do they do to you? <laughs> uh, and so in the next scene, uh, they're in a cabin and Lula and Willis Dupree are there arguing. And he's like, yeah, I know it's crazy. This isn't my face, but I'm really me. And Scully's handcuffed to a radiator. 
And uh, he keeps trying to convince Lula that he's Dupree. And she's like, fine, what did we do after we got married? And he tells her this whole thing about going into the ocean and cutting their hands and mixing their blood and letting it fall into the ocean. So they're married in every ocean in the world, which is creepy and weird. (laughs) And then uh, here's where I actually ended up... um, having to stop the episode but basically from here on out um Mulder and another agent go back to the building and they see Skullet guy for a minute and I'm just thinking to myself what is how did this actor get this part like what was it about him that they were like yep he's the building manager but um stuff things Willis Dupree calls Mulder and is like, I have Scully and I want a ransom for her and you've got to give me these things um, and I'll let her go. And so that all starts happening. And at the same time, Scully notices that Willis Dupree is drinking an awful lot of soda and it turns out she's like, oh, uh, by the way, Willis is a diabetic and if he doesn't take his insulin, he dies. And so now Willis Dupree is like, oh shit, I gotta get some insulin. So he and Lula go off and rob a pharmacy and they get the insulin. But when they get back to the cabin, Lula won't let Willis Dupree take it because it turns out in a shocking twist, she was the one who turned them into the FBI. She left the... She left the scene of the crime right after he went into the bank because she knew he was going to get caught and she wanted to keep all the money for herself. And so now she calls Mulder and is like, you need to give me a million dollars for Scully. And this is where um, they use, he figures it out because of a plane, right? Uh, yeah, he figures so out where they, they are. They, uh, the call because they couldn't tra- really trace it because it was Scully's number. But mm-hmm. um, what they figured out was they heard a plane. And again, this is basically Mulder being all Mary Sue, uh, <laughs> where it's like, okay, so we can we hear there's a plane, so that means that from the trajectory of the sound, we can d- d- put it down to a three mile radius. So that's like. The, along this flight pattern, with all the enforcement we have, it will take us about three hours to go through all of this area. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. And I'm just like, God, what? <laughs> well, and I've seen stuff like that in other things where, oh, what movie was it where, oh, you know what it was? It was in, um, you know what it makes me think of is uh, you remember Halloween, the curse of Michael Myers, where um, Jamie calls the talk show to say she needs Dr. Loomis and Paul Rudd's character figures out where she was because he hears a bus oh, schedule yeah. being. <laughs> I, I, I've heard that like it's even done like taken and stuff like that. Like I've heard multiple films do the exact same thing. Mm hmm. So, I don't know. Maybe that's a thing that happens in real life. I don't know. I'm not I, a <laughs> Unless it's something very specific, most of the stuff, like, stuff they show is so arbitrary and could be anything. But somehow, it's like, you hear that? What's that? 
Oh, it sounds like a jackhammer. There's construction on third and fifth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um. So anyway, back at the cabin, uh, what happens is that Willis Dupree finally is like, all right, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to fake being dead to trick Lula. And so he does. He fakes being dead. And she comes over to throw her wedding ring down on top of him. And he grabs her gun and he kills her. But then he dies too because he didn't get his insulin. And Mulder finally gets there and lets Scully go. And that's pretty much the end except for Lady. uh, later Scully goes to get willis's stuff from the morgue because apparently he doesn't have any family like i don't know why she would go get his stuff from the morgue even though he's like her ex-professor boyfriend um and then she finds the watch she gave him for his 35th birthday and it stopped at 6:47. the moment willis died after the bank shooting dun 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 just like that scientist guy said earlier in the episode and that's the end of that episode. That was Lazarus. <laughs> Thoughts, letter grade, stuff like that. This episode was bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I personally watching it, I'm not going to lie. I had to watch it a second time because I fell asleep halfway through. Mm-hmm. Because I was just like, this is weak. Like, I'm, and like, this was like in the day. Like, this was before I did anything else. Um, sure. So I had to watch it like the second half again because it was just so dull. Um, mm-hmm. And for we, in, it's like we talked about before, like the tattoo thing was not was both irrelevant but also relevant. But they couldn't really figure out which it, they wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm. I have to give the. I gotta give this like in the low, like a just a C, maybe between a C and C minus. Yeah, uh, I'll echo a lot of the stuff you said. Uh, Wicked plane. Um, Mulder being the biggest Mary Sue. Mulder, yeah, Mulder really is like. I don't understand how he got to any of his conclusions in this episode. Um, Scully kind of got a little bit of a history added to her in this kind of, I think I've touched on it before in a previous episode where she kind of really goes for daddy figures. Um, especially call um, the daddy. Well, especially carrying forward because she, after uh, the events of uh, Beyond the Sea with her father dying and kind of her realizing she never got proper recognition and pride from her father because she didn't become a doctor. So that's vaguely interesting at most. Um, Yeah, see, like I said, I didn't even bother to go back and finish it, even though I only had 15 minutes left. I was like, I basically know how this one ends. Like, I'm fine not watching the end of it. And the fact that I didn't really remember it until I started watching it also says a lot about the quality of the episode. Yeah, it's yeah, it's definitely down there. (laughs) 
Yeah, unfortunately, that one does not strike a chord very high on the list. However, let's see. The next episode is called Young at Heart, and I'm kind of looking at it, uh, trying to see if I remember this one. Oh, yeah, this one's a little creepy and a little weird, and it features uh, only the second appearance of a fairly major, not of a fairly major character, of one of the most major characters in the series. So next week's is called Young at Heart, and it should be a better watch than this one was. We're still in the first season. We've still got some of the best episodes yet to come. We're getting we there. Were, I was talking with a guy last night uh, while we were out at a bar, and I was mm-hmm. talking about this podcast, and nice. he's just so we were, and he's like, so where are you? And I was like, oh, I just watched episode 15. And he's just like, yeah, the first season is, do you guys watch Space already? And we're like, yes. And he's just like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Did you tell him, go listen to us talk about it? Because I told him. we I'm like, tear it down. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, we rip that to shreds. <laughs> yep. That one is, oh boy. They never get quite that bad again. Uh... A lot of people rip on season nine, and rightly so. Season nine's super weak, but never as bad as space. (laughs) No matter how hard it tries. Uh, Space is what we're going to talk about for the... Space is the candle that is just to which all other episodes are held for quality. It's like our rating of one to the stuff. All right. On a rating of one to space, how bad was it? (laughs) Yeah. All right, that's it for everybody. Until then, just trust no one. Goodbye. Later. The FBI's Most Unwanted is a production of Two Broke Geeks Entertainment and is part of the Atomic Geekdom Network. Find the flagship Two Broke Geeks podcast wherever you download podcasts or online at twobrokegeeks.com. You can find the Atomic Geekdom Network at atomicgeekdom.com. Our artwork is by Justin Kowalski. You can find him on Twitter at J underscore Rocka. Our theme music is by Tony Longworth. You can find him on Twitter at Tony Longworth or on Facebook, Tony Longworth Dark Composer. You can help out the podcast by subscribing and leaving us a review. Thanks. 